0: Greetings, pals Hello, pals Hey there, pals Afternoon all How are you all? Pretty good Gosh, it's good to see you Uh, My name is Frank (laughs) My name's Tom (laughs) I'm Marcus And I'm Chris Welcome to the podcast Throwing the Pal As you might know, it's the podcast where we talk about movies And uh, sway each other's opinion from loving to hating it To the other side of the fence and back again Oh yeah Yeah.
1: Baby fence
0: Love it Oh yeah And today we're talking about (laughs) Midnight Cowboy No, no one? No Let's one? What's that hanging? Yeah. The X-rated film from 1969 that also won three Oscars. <whistles> Crazy. Mm. Um, mm. And on, on the podcast, we're on the power. We rate films out of 11, strangely. I don't know why. Hopefully someone can explain it to me. I'm looking at you, Chris. Uh,
2: 11 is the amount, of, uh, Thanks, amount Chris. of times I had an anxiety attack during this film. Yep. Anything to do with what was going on in your no, life or was, it was just... The oh, movie I was itself. Super hungover. Oh, oh my no. god. <laughs> another poor choice from me. Every week. It's, it's, not, it's <laughs> not
1: another. It's all part of the same <laughs> poor
2: choice. No, this is this is probably the worst time to be hungover to watch this, to be honest. No, yeah, this is god. actually god. This is Pretty, an pre- intervention.
3: <laughs> <for master's laughs>
1: Showing you this movie was the intervention.
3: <laughs> Don't, Don't <laughs> drink
2: see it. How, <laughs> see how
1: awful this is. No,
2: no, no. No, go on. Who's got an 11? Go on.
1: You are
0: Dustin Hoffman in this. Is that what oh. you're saying? Hey, I'm just sure? I'm just riffing on the bit you guys started. I am talented. Okay,
1: we're out of 11 because... This movie came out in 1969 and I think 11's around the age where you start giggling when you hear the word 69, but you don't know why. It's like right in that middle ground. Do you guys think? That... It's, the worst. <laughs> it's a bit of a walk That's there the I'd agree worst one you've ever done yeah, my it, intention isn't, it isn't My isn't in- <laughs> Exactly It's a bit of a, <laughs> a, a <laughs> um, What is it Schrodinger Of an 11 that one It's kind of like Well wait Schlesinger till John, till wait, wait, John Schlesinger John you're Schlesinger You're way off Vision.
0: John Slinger. Midnight Cowboy Directed by John Schlesinger Schlesinger Directed Directed <laughs> Written by Waldo Salt And James Leo It It's based on his book It's hard to pronounce From 1965 yeah, sure. That's what I said Uh, starring Dustin Hoffman and a very young John Voight. Yeah, it's a very old
1: Dustin Hoffman. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? Dustin Hoffman looks
0: recognisable. John Voight, I didn't know it was him. John Hoyt did... John Hoyt.
1: John Hoyt. John John Voight did take a break from acting between... I want to say like the 80s and then- This until he was 90. Until he was (laughs) 90 in a couple of years' time. Um, He took a break between like the 80s. He won an Oscar in 78, I think, for Coming Home. And then he did some stuff. And then he went away and came back in Heat. You remember him in Heat? Yes. In 95. And everyone was like- who's this new grizzled veteran character actor with mm. the face of a man who's seen a thousand summers? Mm. And they're like, that's John Voight. And everyone's mm. like, no, it's fucking not. You know? yeah. like, he came back and suddenly was just like, I'm a hundred now. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah. It's, it's, it was a weird smash cut to be a fly on the wall to whatever he saw yeah. in that time. Yes. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. We watched age, but this was early days for him. It was a couple years after the graduate, which was his breakout in 1967. Mm. But yeah, this was a pretty big deal at the time. I shouldn't. I'm. Mm. I'm, You know, I think it's my turn to talk, but I'm going to go ahead. There's a couple of of things here.
3: Let's let's quickly stop. Let's quickly stop. stop. Let me
1: me go ahead and I'll.
0: For the sake of the intro, I'm going to mute your mic. Honestly, (laughs) my god. For the sake of the intro, shout your name if you like this movie. Chris Marcus Tom. Oh. I'm not we'll sure We'll get you up, baby. We'll get you. Up. Oh, sway me, make me sway. sway okay, me I to the moon. Oh, let no. me sway. I'm on the sway. smooth. Um, I was going in with the the the. I was like, I'm gonna hate this friggin' film. I hate old movies. I'm one of those guys. Like, ah,
2: oh. it's about cowboys, and it just didn't have the razzle dazzle I wanted.
0: And <laughs>
1: at <a> midnight, where is <laughs> <into laughs> the worst <laughs> of the times? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know how to react to that. <laughs>
1: Frank's upset that I applied. He hates I thought midnights. this was a yep. sequel to Oklahoma. Give me Sunrise Samurai any day, <laughs> yeah. but Midnight Cowboy. Where's that, um, tight,
3: Corey? Prequel Look, for Shanghai Noon. What is going on yeah, here? Yeah. I'm very
0: confused. I was. I fully expected to hate this film, and I didn't. I didn't love it, but I had a much better time than I thought I was going to. Honestly, I was like 69. John Voight. Who cares? And then I cared a little bit. Say what you really think. Nah, that's <laughs> I'm just being honest.
2: Oh, that's okay. good. That's I think yeah. that
1: is what he really thought. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. It's <laughs> <That's>
3: good. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I mean, to, to quote the Ed Sheeran song, the worst things in life come free to us. I mean, this this is a nine for me, currently.
1: Wow. Whoa.
0: Wow. But is that a, like Ed Sheeran says that, I'm sure, but surely someone else said that before him that was better.
3: Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, to, to paraphrase Ed Sheeran, it was paraphrasing someone else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> someone excellent. Uh, Marcus, Tom, um, numbers. I'm a seven point four. Okay, okay, not bad,
2: not
3: bad. Uh,
1: to quote Ed Sheeran, um, uh, "I'm in love with the shape of you." <laughs> 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 Nine point two. Nine point you shape good. of two. Something happened.
0: Yeah, it's good. Four point five. Like, that was you
3: quoting Frank Kerr. That's,
0: uh, uh, that's, a, no, that's uh, uh, an Ed Sheeran song. That <laughs> was, that was, I was singing. I uh, was uh, quoting uh, uh.
3: Marcus, quoting his favorite film um, American uh. Beauty. Uh, uh,
1: American Beauty 4. It's 5. never going to die. It will outlive you. Marcus. Oh, that <laughs>
2: horse has been whipped
3: enough. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it. Guys, there's a second dead horse over here. <laughs> that's a very good Midnight Cowboy <laughs> reference. The patriarchy's Get alive. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Jesus.
2: All right, who wants
0: to go first?
2: No, oh, uh, synopsis,
0: synopsis Yeah, I think important. Oh, synopsis Very important I mean, a naive hustler travels from Texas to New York City to seek personal fortune Finding a
1: new friend in the process If you lived in a lighthouse in Maine, that's basically the story of you going to America, mm-hmm. Chris oh, Frank, fuck <laughs> <laughs> shit
0: You were, lo- you were staring I into my eyes I have done this even. for
1: the listener <laughs> ever since I've started being very good friends with these boys I've done it nonstop. I reckon Okay, every- oh, okay so
0: we dumbed you down
2: Let's just say, let's just,
1: let's go back on this very good friends business. Okay. Ever since I encountered these boys and I can't escape, (laughs) I will misname you guys. And I'm so sorry. I still do it. It's really upsetting. That's all right,
3: Marcus. It's fine.
1: Thanks, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) The joke's getting worse. Quickly. It it won three Oscars
0: as well. Firstly,
2: I read the synopsis before watching this and I, I misunderstood Hustler.
1: I didn't You thought it was going to be a pool hustler?
2: No, well yeah, like hustle yeah. and hustler to me is is con man or con artist and this was not that.
1: Sure. For the listener
0: at home, a hustler in this context is a gigolo, a male sex worker. Yeah. A terrible one. He's not good at it. Yeah, what he's, he's does. not great
1: at it. No. I think he's bad at lovemaking. He's bad at getting money. It's the biggest <laughs> surprise of the movie to me that I had a pretty firm understanding of what this was about. And as it was like approaching the one hour and 30 minute mark, I was like, he's still not successfully <laughs> yeah. made any money as a Hustler. broke." One of them is dying. Yeah. It's pretty tragic. It it's is pretty tragic story. This um, is
2: a this is a tragic comedy, hey.
1: Yeah, it's pretty but funny a lot. When of
2: the time. did you laugh? I Sorry, laughed. I laughed a lot the, of the time. I laughed in this more than I laughed in Barbie when I watched that. <laughs> no, honestly, I found you can find the comedy in this, or so there's some lighter moments that definitely um, pick up, but it, it is
0: very tragic. It's very dark, and there's a lot going on. That's because it's 1969 and the cameras sucked. Everything looked mm. shit. <laughs> Would I be right in
1: saying <laughs> this was ahead of its time?
0: Yes. Yeah. No, wrong. Directorially well, and, and
1: editing well wise. It, but was all yeah. well, actually weirdly of its time as well. I don't know.
2: For cool. Topics 2, surely. How do you yes. know? Sorry? Yes.
1: 69. Yeah, crazy. I research and read things. But Chris, would you like to tell us <laughs> some stuff about this movie because you picked it?
3: I did pick this. Um, I was had come from somewhere, going, going from somewhere at home, and I caught five minutes of this film just before I had to leave the house. Some time six months ago and I went oh wow okay I need to sit down and watch this actually watch this sometime because it, it, it is one of those films that is part of the social fabric to a degree and yet you basically nothing of it um
2: oh see I didn't know this was a new watch for you
3: yeah yeah right yeah cool um so to sit down and yeah again John Voigt, you You picture him in your head as this old man to see him as this young, strapping, broad shouldered Joe Buck. Very,
0: very tanned.
3: Yeah. Where's that Joe
1: Buck? Where's that Joe Buck? They just (laughs) say his name like twenty times. (laughs) It's a great name. It's a great name. Oh Joe Joe, Buck.
3: And and and, yeah, kicks off this sort of these fantasies in his head um that repeat throughout. We also see uh, Ratzos um, in regards to Florida Rico, later in the movie. come on It's his own house In like, his own house in my own <laughs> house You that's call me open.
1: Rico, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's good
0: Doesn't happen Who kept pebbles in his shoes is the trivia for his
1: limp To this day Couldn't just limp well,
0: it's
2: not He's it's one of those
1: actors that you're like, dude, do less. We have that story, I'm sure, that we'll talk about, like in in a future. Oh, the Marathon Man story, yeah. yes, who okay. John Slesinger directed as well. But yeah, so you caught a glimpse of it, thought it was pretty fascinating, and decided to read. So yeah. when did you watch it for in full? Just recently, the last yes. week or so. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. And loved and, it. Uh, and had had a great time. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's an odd thing to say, given how miserable the film is. I mean, the the the. Accommodations uh, they find themselves in. I mean, it makes the house from the young ones look like a fucking palace. It it, yeah. it is wow. so visceral. As a
1: young one, I do not get that reference. But That's was that is that the Rick Mayall? Yeah, 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 yeah. Their apartment was
2: super rundown. It's fucked. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. But um, no, just to you, you at the end, you can't help but reflect on your own life and go. I'm okay. I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm not stuffing my clothes with newspaper. I'm not cooking things on a tiny little gas heater. I I have more than you know two fifty cent pieces to rub together. It there is the motif throughout the film <laughs> in of, this economy yeah, bra- <laughs> humble brag and Chris yeah, I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, the, there is the motif throughout the film of Joe Buck constantly looking in mirrors or reflective surfaces either G-ing himself up or talking himself into something but again it you know it also it acts as a mirror for or at least for me it did acts as a mirror for yourself you know mm. how are you going are you okay you're actually all right you know you're not doing too badly so
0: well, I mean for all of us we move from small towns to to Melbourne Australia which isn't New York but it's a big big city mm. it's yeah you can see parallels I mean hopefully not too many parallels but <laughs> yeah it's easy to compare yourself to to, to young Joe Buck. This was an outstanding performance from John Void, and
2: I think, um, oh my god,
0: what's his name? Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Jesus,
2: <laughs> wow, he was really great. But it was also for me, it was expected almost from Dustin, and I know this is early in his career, but for me as a as a watcher, and this uh, what a we know watch,
0: he can do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah f-
1: at the time this came out of nowhere, yeah. and. it's... To some extent. Like he was he was tipped to do big stuff after the graduate. And then this is a very different sort of role for him mm. after that mm. a couple of years later. But Absolutely. yes, he was he was the hot young. Sort it's
0: a of. it's and it's a big swing in terms of characterization. And it. I don't think the performance would land like compared to Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. This is well, this is a good performance.
2: There's so there's comparisons between Hoffman
0: <laughs>
3: and Wow. Okay, sorry.
2: That's good. That landed, I just heard it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Stab> and Cliff!
2: <twist. laughs> there I was thinking about the film we're talking about. You bastard. No, uh, but I. No, well, no there's my, comparisons to uh, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems as well. Um, and seeing that. That's yeah. a great call. Cool. Yeah, he's drawn a lot from his character from Hoffman in this. Mm. Mm. And I see it. By the end, I absolutely see it because you empathize with someone who's
1: grotesque almost. That Sandler talked about that? Like as in that's something that he... No,
2: uh, it's the internet's
1: take.
0: Right.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's
1: fantastic. That's an incredibly good yeah. uh, through line. I I don't not think because Sandler
0: doesn't that. do a lot of like talking about craft.
1: Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people would go, oh,
0: what does Adam Sandler no, think about sorry, acting? No, sorry, you are right. So he just <laughs> yeah, goes, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, he's had a good time. But, but,
0: but the just
1: say, uh, <laughs> the guitar and then- Come on! i
0: put like it, like it like on your hands. <laughs> yeah. See, at least one um, of us has a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm talking about, though. You see
2: the, the grotesque nature of the characters and then how you ultimately and eventually sympathise. In with that them. Adam Sandler movie. Which one? With Adam Sandler in Uncatchers. Unca- Unca- Hoffman in this. Unca- Uncle Jams, sorry. Is that that's the bit you wanted? Yes, yeah, so I was just looking for, waiting for that. Waiting <laughs> The one German. where he's wearing his
1: uncle's pyjamas. <laughs> Uncle Jams. My, my, my
0: point is I think the Dustin Hoffman performance, if it if it came out today like that, people would go, that's outrageously large was the point I was trying to make. Oh, sure. That's it. Like John Voight's mm. relatively understated, but Dustin Hoffman is swinging for the fences. Yeah.
2: But maybe, maybe I see that um, Sandler in that was the... Um, a low key performance.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see the similarity. I'm not yeah, describing yeah, yeah. that.
2: I just. Do you see a lot of Rain Man isms as well? Having a seen. A couple of the neurotic the ways sort of he
1: pronounces things. Yes. Sound. I, I had a moment where I'd go, Who does he sound like? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, Rain Man. Yes. <laughs> like 100%. That, was, that took me a little bit to to make that connection. But yeah, he does kind of have mm. that. Real yorpy sort of slant to his voice. It's
0: also very because. hard of us to be like, hey, you, you sound like yourself that's in another you know, film. it's did. like, but it's no. I don't. Mean, I think it's an
1: incredibly different performance. I think it's one of the bigger performances. I I tend to sometimes go for some of the more understated stuff and find that more compelling. And I do think Dustin Hoffman's shines for me in this. I think he's so good. And just on that level of manic before it becomes like okay, buddy, like it really for sure. it does. work well, they for were, me and they for were for sure. both they're both nominated for Oscars for this for, both for actors, leading roles, which is not often something that happens. You get it with Sleuth when I think it was like Lawrence Olivier and Michael Caine, and there's been a couple of other examples of that.
3: Michael Caine, Michael
1: Caine, <laughs> who was originally picked for this role, and then they went, no. or let's not. Oh. So like, maybe someone else I can swear you were about to go into a bit About my old oh, Joe oh, yeah. <laughs> i sorry. a hustler Was he actually considered hustler and no. I'm going to the big city Was he actually considered No. Consider- no God. <laughs> um,
0: do you How wanna- How's he no. supposed
3: to be Joe Buck When he can't even lift a bloody log
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do we want to talk about the X rating Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not R, it's X Do you want to mm. talk about that
2: one of the, was it one of the, hang on, <laughs> was this frank, one of the first Tiger. for its time?
0: Uh, yeah, it's pretty early days for the x ray There's been no other X-Films ever.
1: Mm. Except for the X-Men series. God, I'm going to fucking kill this man. <laughs> I swear to God, on Mike I'll do it. <laughs> Um, Well, then there'll be proof, idiot. That's true, and people will applaud me. You're to X rating. Okay, X rating. So there are R ratings in the United States that are different to what we have in Australia. We should know that, like, in the United States, R rating means if you're under 17, you need a parent. But you can go see it under 17, whereas here it's like R18, that's it. Like, you have to be 18 to watch it. So the X rating was... Absolutely only adults allowed, right? And then there was actually unrated, which was kind of the dreaded, like if it's unrated, no one's going to go watch it, right? So this was X-rated movie, came out in 69. It was a big part of the new wave that was happening with new Hollywood, obviously like classic Hollywood with the five studio system that was going on. Yep, this is going to be a bit, deal with it, Frank. There's like a five (laughs) studio system uh, where like big classic like musicals and westerns and things like Casablanca and Citizen Kane and sort of all that shit, right? And the 60s was very influenced in Hollywood by the French New Wave, whether it was like people like Godard or uh, Agnes Varda who were making movies over there, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. In 1967, you got like Bonnie and Clyde. Not sure if it's a movie you guys have seen, like uh, Warren Beatty and um, fuck me, Faye Dunaway. No, not Faye Dunaway. Fuck oh.
3: me, fade Dunaway. Me, Faye, Faye Dunaway. <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, fade Dunaway. And it's like this idea that you can have this violence and this grit and this sexuality and stuff. And then two years later, you're getting movies like Midnight Cowboy. But, yeah, it was still considered, especially it was originally given an R rating, but the homosexual aspects of it were, like, apparently they went to psychologists and they were like, what, well, do you want to turn the country gay? And they are like, oh, shit, crazy. So we'll make it X instead. Jesus. So not enough, uh, you know, young people see it. And it is to this day the only X-rated film that has won Best Picture mm. at the Oscars. There have been others nominated. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Clockwork Orange mm. was nominated as mm. X-rated. Taxi Driver was almost X-rated, but I think they got around it by toning down the, the colour saturation. But you, yeah, have a lot of stuff there. And then the Oscars that it won... Frank, do you want me to say, or you've got it in front of you? It's up to you.
0: No, keep talking. All right, it's Best Picture,
1: <laughs> wins Best Director for John Schlesinger and wins uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. Correct, and then it's well, just says Best Writing. Best Writing, yeah. No, and no, no sorry,
0: I, I apologise. It wins Best Adapted Screenplay, yes. That's
1: crazy. Did someone say that earlier? Anyway, so it is two- <laughs> We'll check the tape. We'll check it. We'll check the tape. There's we'll two that, we'll actors. We'll cut that. I love you, Frank. There are two and the two actors nominated and it's also nominated for, I want to say editing, uh, but that's basically it. Yeah, it's- And
0: actress and supporting. Oh my God, thank you so much. You yeah.
1: Sorry, I will stop talking for a full 15 minutes after this. This is fascinating. Do you guys know who got nominated for Best Supporting Actress in this? No. No, because who the fuck would they nominate? Oh, no. The artsy... The blonde
3: lady at the start. Yes,
1: who's in the movie for five minutes and 20 seconds and she's nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Really? Sylvia Miles playing Cass, one of the shortest performances Ever it's a,
2: No, it's a good performance. It's
1: great. She it's, does a yeah. wonderful job of turning on a dime from sort of like promiscuous yeah. inviting on the phone when she's talking to her fella and then she's like, talk to the dog, talk to the dog. Hello, dog. Like, you know, that <laughs> shit. I was
2: confused. Sorry to jump yeah. in here. No, that scene in. was uh, interesting because his first interaction where he picks up the dog and is like super awkward about it and trying to sort of proposition her almost. And then she says something which I can't remember, and then she just goes. Statue inside. of
1: Liberty, it's down at uh, Central Park taking a leak. If you get there soon, you can catch the afternoon yes, show. Yes, right. And, then that's and so a he to took him. that because she's a... being so vulgar, and she's being so, and it's kind of like, oh wow, that was much more inviting than anyone's uh, like the last woman I spoke so that's to it. said. Yeah,
2: that's the invitation, and and a look. There's a, there's a there look is a back. look as well. Oh, yeah, so she had glasses on. I didn't say a look.
1: The the woman he spoke to earlier who's like you're not looking for that place at all you ought to be ashamed of yourself but also kind of has that moment of like Mm, I wish but goes but yeah there's the look okay. and then yeah they go up and they have sex and all that and then she's getting dressed and she's doing that like if I lose a couple more pounds honey i look great blah, blah 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 Yeah. do you think you can lend me some money and she goes from asking that to him being like wow that's, that's a funny thing about that Austin Butler's in this movie oh there's a funny <laughs> funny thing about that I was waiting for the accent to a, work I was gonna ask you for some money nope and she's like and she starts she starts crying. Crying. Oh, what are you talking about I'm piece
3: of stuff you get out of here
1: and starts like pulling at the tissues and crying it's a great oh, one don't be upset form. no oh, it
3: may not be would I be asking for money with this fat world I'm okay. so apparently you know?
1: he's Mr Mackie from South Park now as well. <laughs> okay. what yeah, is going on that's accurate that's accurate that's <laughs> a, Chris, Chris nailed that that is exactly what he sounds like Um it's such a funny performance but yeah you've, if you go I found a website that counts the length of time an actor actress whatever has been in a movie and been nominated and she's like the sixth least amount of time an actress has been in a movie and nominated wow. for best sporting actress. She's wow. fucking barely in it, but she yeah, she now I,
2: I enjoyed the artsy I see I don't know her name, I feel terrible. But the artsy um character that comes in at yes. like a three quarter mark. I
1: can't remember the actress' name either, I but I know who you found mean. her
2: very engaging mm-hmm. mm. and yes. and intriguing. Um so I would have assumed her. Kind of crazy.
1: She probably has more screen time, honestly. Oh,
2: absolutely
1: yeah. does. But oh, I think yeah. she's got more of a, you know, a, a pivotal role, especially at sort of the turn near the end there. Do you have the name, Frank? Sorry. I think it's Brenda Vaccaro who plays Shirley. Sounds right. Probably. Sure. Um, but, yes, it's it's a uh, pretty, pretty remarkably grim film that's also kind of funny.
2: It. So, yeah, I, um, I watched this hungover and, my, like, I wasn't kidding when my anxiety was through the roof but like, because the feeling of, like, loneliness and desolation and uncomfortable scenes in this film, it was just too much for me to process at the time and, like, I really enjoyed it. I did give this a, a 7.4 mm-hmm. um, but I almost didn't enjoy the experience either and I think that, like, that's to the credit of the film as well. Um, yeah, it's not meant to be a
0: comfortable watch. Nah, whew.
2: And and some of the, obviously, the religious aspects like Electric Jesus and all that sort of stuff, you know, the moments. Shit is so funny.
0: Yeah, there's some
2: weird moments. What I can't piece together is the consistent use of flashbacks through this. It's the one part of the film that I just can't make sense of.
0: Flashbacks or like um,
2: visions or dreams. Yeah, or whatever you it's want to call like it. It's like a combination, right? But it's not, it's not explained well enough to me to make sense of. Mm-hmm. And, again, maybe that's the point, which I know we've said before. Um, it also might so be a sign
0: of the times but, but the in
2: terms no, of maybe, filmmaking styles maybe. and
0: things that we don't understand now. But
3: when you sort of remember things from your own past, do mm. you remember sort of snapshots or do you remember sort of encounters and scenes as a whole? That's not
2: so much what I'm criticising. It's more like you're almost establishing a background to why he is the way he is, why he's got this perversion, um, this perverted relationship with sex. And like at one point I was like, was he molested by his nan? Was it like a, a overly intimate relationship with his grandmother? I think it's suggested. And there's like a quasi-incestuous
1: thing yeah. going on there.
2: And then, and then there's like, was he, did he fall for a girl and she was gang raped by this guy, this bunch of guys who he was forced to watch or was he actually a part of that? I, I got so many different reads on that as well and was that even real? Did that happen? What, like is it, is it um, TV and culture that he's sort of drawing from? I don't know. I just didn't understand.
1: That's a great pull that you got at the end there, That like the idea that he's kind of reframing a lot of this stuff through what he's ingesting. So he's seeing and, like, television especially when him and C- uh, Cass, Sylvia Miles, are upstairs yeah. and it's switching through the channels. Obviously, like, everything's been commodified. Everything's mm. for sale now. They do the cable sex. guy with Jim Carrey yeah. as well. Uh, basically the same movie. Well,
2: yeah, but <laughs> the same sort of, um, you know, midnight cable almost. Sure. <laughs> it's yeah. um, it's
1: a yeah. pool. But yeah, no, no, I think that's a, a really good – not a movie I've seen for a long time. But, yeah, yeah. there's something there about, like, how that has – and, you know, television being the big deal it was, obviously it became a, – proliferated a lot more in the 50s and by the 60s, yeah. especially as commercial cultures ramped up, a lot of stuff. A lot of the things that, like, are addressed within 60s culture is done very well in Mad Men, if you guys have ever seen it, but mm. it's always a good touchstone to kind of go, like, by 69 at what stage had, like – Commercialization, like advertisement becomes so perverted and so nakedly it yeah, runs
0: rampant just yes. takes over everything. And it becomes like
1: yep. every single thing, get a fucking wig for your dog and like eyelashes for it, you know that's what he's watching. One of the most shockingly horrific things, like he's trying to get to sleep and it's just this woman and being like, of course people are lonely, that's the only reason they do this shit and it's just like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, like, it's a lot. That's a lot it's a lot and yeah, but I think the flashbacks kind of meld into something more psychosexual and like guilt ridden, but oh, it becomes one, like
2: one commercial. It's like it even makes blacks whiter. Do you remember that?
1: No, but uh, I think oh, it's bit with oh, a yeah, No, I know, but like, yeah, there's a bit of yeah. subtext. Yeah, there. I it's didn't gone. remember that, but Ooh,
2: that's that's the read I got yeah. from that. Anyway, it was a horrible bit, but anyway.
1: Sure. And there's always there's like the subtext in the movie that probably was most uncomfortable to people at the time mm. that now is a lot more accepted. Is yeah, Joe Buck may, if not be homosexual, certainly sexually like fluid. And the more he- And has sex with men for personal gain. And he finds that to be the bottom of the barrel and the last straw. But at the same time, it's like we see- This movie does not condemn homosexuality, which is pretty remarkable for a movie from 69. We see homosexual characters just living. Like there's who he encounters at the bar earlier with Rizzo. Yeah. Also says, do you think Rizzo is gay? I think there's an implication there. I think Rizzo's the most lonely- person ever in a movie and it breaks my heart um, most of the time. I think he just needs this someone around. This speaks more.
2: I can see what you're saying there. I think this just speaks more to the the um, relationship between the two men yeah. um, at whatever capacity. It's the it only is. friend they've ever had. I or, think so, yeah. Like yeah. again yeah. loneliness, desolation, all these themes that are running through this film and then you've got these two guys who just without each other would have fallen apart much earlier.
1: I, I think. agree. There's something about the male camaraderie here uh, mm. that reminds me of Two other movies. You guys seen The Fisher King, the Robin Williams, Jeff Bridges, Terry Gilliam film from '91. Really lovely. It's about Robin Williams being a mentally ill man who's on the streets, Mm. and Jeff Bridges' unlikely friendship with him. And then another movie that came out a couple of years ago called First Cow, which was directed by Kelly Reichardt's 2019 movie, and it's about two men in the American like frontier in the 1820s. And both movies just do, and this do a very kind of quietly. As it goes on, you're like, God, what are these guys doing with each other? Mm. And as much as it becomes apparent that they have no one else, they do develop an incredibly touching and sort of rarefied kinship with each other. That The more and more I I think there are moments in this movie that are meant to make people very emotional and they cry and some of them don't necessarily not work for me but they're just there. A moment that I cried watching this and I rewatched a couple of scenes of it after watching it already and I cried again was – when the uh, two very artsy Andy Warhol people come to the diner and they take a photo of Joe Buck and they hand him a flyer, he's like, Well, how about this? I've been invited to this. Go to this party." Oh, I've been. And Rizzo's like, "Oh, they, you know, whatever. And this is how he talks. I don't know." And he's Joe that Buck's like, better. "It says, it says me. It doesn't say anything about you." And it cuts to Dustin Hoffman, tears brimming in his eyes. And he's just like, "Why are you gonna? What are you gonna go without me? What are you gonna? What are you gonna do?" What are you gonna? He's like, "No, oh, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere without my buddy." Cuts back to Dustin Hoffman. He's like, I don't, I don't got anything to wear. I can't go there. I ain't got nothing to wear. And I'm just like, just fucking, please don't leave him. <laughs> like, yeah. I will die yeah, if you yeah. leave this man the by himself.
3: Man on the wettest the man.
2: The wettest man. I literally, I <laughs> wrote, I wrote in my notes, yes. is it only person I've seen sweatier than Tom? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just, that's why Tom relates
2: It's so very much true. To Every
1: single time we hang out, oh, can I come, guys? Where are you going? Like, yeah. What's going on? I got these... <laughs> nickels and then this half-open cigarette in my pocket. Like, yeah. take me, you know. It's no, just Hoffman, really- Hoffman is really tugging on heartstrings
2: oh, there. Like, it's powerful. And he's doing it yeah, very powerful. Yes. I agree. At a lot of time. Not just there, like at a lot of moments in this film.
0: Yeah. Respectfully, I disagree. It doesn't land for me emotionally. Not respectful. Fuck is this you.
2: another one of those, like, I didn't buy into it? Well, yeah, the- of course. Okay. Of course it
0: is. But bring I bring this like- up a lot
2: lately and, and I kind of, it's a thing, right? I hadn't thought about we've it. We've
0: brought probably. this up every week for the last year. <laughs> yeah. If you don't buy into the premise or the characters or whatever yeah. it is, you're not going to buy into their emotional scenes. It's you're not, not something that anything. I've
2: considered growing up and watching films. It's only something that I've we've talked about in almost every pod now. Well, I'm that's like, the whole yeah, point. You're right. Yeah, I, I'd never well, consider that. If you like it, you like, it, you like it. It, it. There's
0: some there's something unspoken about why you like or dislike films. It would be it's, rare it's for hard a film to... to
2: be able to swing you back at, at the halfway point or three quarters.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So go on, what's your, what's your biggest gripe with this then, Frank?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Get closer, Tom. I just wanted to really make a <laughs> feel pressure. Yeah, what's your biggest gripe with this? I feel like my biggest gripe,
0: it's very hard to put in words. I just feel like the story wasn't compelling. I didn't really care if they were successful or died. I know Ooh. that's so horrible to say,
3: okay. but and like the and characters, New York, and that's part of the beauty of it. Yeah,
0: but that didn't land for me. I was like, "Oh, I guess that's the point." I was just like, "Shut up! You guys are so bad at what you do. I have no investment in you guys being successful. I don't care for your actual characters or people. I feel like Dustin Hoffman Rizzo is playing. They're a shitty person. I can't see the redeeming factors." I couldn't figure it out. I'm like... Not that I'd expect you to empathise per se,
2: but can you sympathise on a
0: human level with these people? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, on like paper the- I can. On paper I go, that sucks. But I didn't... Oh, I just didn't really care. I don't know. I just... And again, it starts from the start when you go, oh, I don't really love this film. And you make a snap judgement. Mm. And then it's so hard to get back. Sure. And... It's fine. I think it's a well-made film for 69. I think it looks, yeah. except for the cameras.
1: This. <laughs> See what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, just, I just didn't find myself going, <laughs> nice. blaze one my,
2: it. One of my favourite films of all time is The Warriors, which was back uh, in 70, uh, 79, which is mm. 10 years later, and mm. I feel like this was almost um,
1: Yeah, the urban filmed, sort
2: of grit to it. Yeah, but it almost looked better.
3: Look, Ten this years does earlier. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. This is an yeah. incredible looking movie, and Frank. Not is... to shit on the
2: Warriors, but like this is again ahead of its
3: time. Yes. There's uh, a scene in their apartment. Let's call it for lack of a better term. And Joe Buck's, you know, in the light, and then we cut to Dustin Hoffman, and he's just in the darkness, and you can just see his face peering out of it. it, it just, ah, uh, you know, yeah, the scene. The optimism mm. on one side versus this. Beaten down and, and failing health, and just he's this shrunken, mutant thing in the corner, and it's he's like so still ugh. as well
1: in that scene. It's a very influential use of lighting, because like Gordon Willis later, when he does like the Godfather movies, uses a lot of shots where you barely see anything else; Godfather, you can just see. Haven't heard of it. No. Uh, it's fine. It's this uh, Greek movie <laughs> all about uh, really law-abiding citizens. Oh, Sorry, no, my might be fact My bad, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, continue. But, yes, he uses these shots of just characters' faces surrounded by darkness, like the chiaroscuro lighting. And, yeah, when he's, it keeps cutting to Rizzo where he's just looking, I want you to stay. I invite you. I want you to stay. You know? And he's just oh. Best
2: impression you've ever done.
1: Yeah. I'm just them. Not, not too bad. No, First and it. last yep. time I'm going to say that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Do you want to hear my- um, Don't go again because no, no, you don't ruin it. it. No, no, going I'll, to do, I'll do something else. I'll do something else. Uh, no, no,
0: do no, your I'll Sean come. Connery again. Um, Adam Hollander <laughs> was the cinematographer for Midnight Cowboy. I didn't know that. that. He did a wonderful job. Not done much else of note, I guess. I mean, again, he's, he peaked. Pro- he's probably famous yeah. in the 60s and
1: 70s. Yeah. So we're not going to know much. The this editing day. and cinematography are pretty influential for the time. And like when you're asking or saying, Marcus, like, is it? I think definitely the editing and the use of pretty psychedelic stuff, stuff that doesn't always like, I think it's interesting. I'm glad I rewatched this movie or most of it because it grabbed me the first time. And then the second time I was like, yeah, it's not the most astounding part of this movie. The story between the two of them and the connection is the most affirming and really, really like uh, indelible part but there's some interesting, you know, use of black and white and flesh. Oh, actually, the sequence when Joe Buck decides when he's met uh, John MacGyver, John MacGyver, the, the like um, uh, O'Daniel, the, the really, really just guy, who the infamous line, mm. why don't we just get down on our knees right now? <laughs> like the biggest pause. Joe yeah. Buck's like, get down on what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Very good.
2: Because that's, that's almost implied that he had that sexual... Um, trauma as well in his past, right? Like the, immediately uh, he's triggered by the yes, get down on your knees. But also
1: thing. just like he thinks this guy's gonna be his pimp and then he's like, get down on your knees with me. He's like, yeah. this is not what I signed up. Like what is going on? And then the flash-up Jesus. Jesus. But then he runs out and then it turns black and white and he's almost having these fantasies of catching Dustin Hoffman Mm. and you see the black and white where he's on the subway train and the train takes off and Dustin Hoffman's looking at him out of the back of the car. Like all that stuff Mm. is fabulous and really Mm. well done.
2: This was directed by an Englishman as well, right? Yeah, it is. That's true. And so this is his depiction of New York at the time. That's a really good point. An international sort of um, recognition of what New York is. So it's kind of interesting to see that's... And, and New York plays a character in this on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so bleak. It's awful. Yeah. And it, and you're kind of like, was it, like yeah, at the time, is that really what New
1: York? was Forty second like? Street. Well, yeah, the degradation oh, that was
2: you, going on. You
0: know, there. I got. You know, I went to America. I went. To, I went to the Lighthouse in May. But this I has also,
3: never come up. No. <laughs> and I, also, really I
0: did also visit. Uh, really interesting. New York City, and it um, it was pretty horrifying. New York for York? a young child. Uh, start spreading the um, germs.
3: Menua? No, that's not it. Noose. Yeah, all of the Starts above. Start spreading the noose. But I, I remember, I remember seeing, <laughs> I remember seeing,
0: like, like actively homeless people for the first time in my life. How old were you? Sorry, uh, eight, Oof. eight okay. years old. Yeah, and like people with shopping trolleys full of their life's belongings. Mm. And I remember just being like, "Oh wow, this is the greatest city of all time." <laughs> but I'm not sure if it is. You know, like you know what I mean. Like there's that. Wait, wait. We- are we talking about Maine or New York? Maine, Maine, yeah, Maine. There's lots of homeless people in the in the lighthouse, yeah, the greatest city of all time. Yes, yep.
1: beautiful. I just will take with, and I'm, I appreciate you sharing this with us, Frank. And I think it's very valid. But just when you like, I saw a lot of homeless people, and I was like, oh wow, like I just didn't know if that was where that was going. And then the fact that oh, it's like meant to be the most beautiful city in the world, and that's jarring for that like state. That's what you're saying.
0: What did you think I was getting at? That I loved it? Oh, wow.
1: It? Look at all these homeless people. <laughs> like Look at all the stuff they have. Can I take some? I'm going to watch a movie about these people later and not sympathise with them at all. Correct. <laughs> Get a job, man.
0: <laughs> Reference. To me saying that to a homeless person. No,
1: no, no. No, no. no. We'll,
3: cut,
0: we'll cut that. We no, this, we is, this is Frank and New I'm Chris.
1: walking here.
0: Hey, that's the only line that is
3: recognisable from this film. I'm walking here. <laughs> Go on, Chris. Wow. Oh, that line itself, ad lib, wonderful. Apparently, Amazing. there's a lot John of. John and Dustin were doing uh, just off camera at yeah. lunch, just ad libbing scenes about what the two characters would talk about because mm. they don't have anything in common no, and yet true. find humanity and connection in, in each other.
0: One's um, tall and tanned and one's oh, tiny and pale.
3: Wonderful shot, long shot from distance. Uh, John Voigt walking down the street and he's a head taller than everyone else in New York. And but that is the, so beautiful. Is that at nighttime? It's That's also the boots? Scene? No, yeah, it's was, probably at about midnight. I, I think, think <laughs> they do it there may be a couple of <laughs> shots does. like it, but there is one during oh. the day and he's just this beaming smile. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, he heading he looks down the so street so
2: uncomfortable in those boots.
0: He can't walk in the boots. It doesn't no, he he can't can't walk well in the it boots it it, is, it's the only note I wrote.
3: Because He's not a cowboy. We, we recently uh, did a review of uh, Barbie, a film I really liked. Um, <laughs> 11 out of 11. And they And in, in one of the flashback scenes in his mind, we see presumably his mother dropping him off at the grandmother's house and mm. he is dressed as a young military man. He's in mm. uniform. Mm. And then from every shot after that, he's a young little cowboy because the grandmother's gentleman callers all seem to be cowboys. So he is this little Ken doll that has been assigned a personality rather than forming one of his own. He was a little military boy because probably the mother was, you know, perhaps sleeping with military men or or worked in, you know, some sort of industry that had military people in it but then you go with the grandmother, it's, he's now a cowboy and then we have at the end of the film, he gives that all up. He's finally finding some sort of identity of his own. So the boots aren't comfortable because they're not for him. It's a it's a costume that he's nice wearing. take.
1: It's a good point. He's shocked to find that no one's into this and, like, the fantasy <laughs> he's having on, when he's listening to the radio coming in on the bus of, like, I'm looking for a man who's you know, knows what he wants. You know, he's not afraid in the bed. He's you. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's
3: like <laughs> next none, to a nun. Nun, That's it. Really <laughs> it, yes.
1: And then when, you know, Dustin Hoffman's like, no one cares about this stuff anymore, you know. it look ridiculous, you know. And then he calls him, you know, gay using obviously... Uh, uh, terrible homophobic slur and and the most Joe and Joe Bucks aghast and goes, what? Would you say that to John Wayne? (laughs) That's the most offended (laughs) he gets all movie that John Wayne could be considered that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, ironically enough, the year that John Wayne wins an Oscar for True Grit, uh, the same year, this or the year after. But, you know, John Wayne, Gary Cooper, Yul Brynner, like these big Western stars. And, of course, this movie is as much a metaphor about the moving on of cinema Within America, as it is about like the degradation that Marcus spoke about and and Frank that you were talking about like with New York and what's going on.
3: It is something that I did forget to raise. In the Oppenheimer review, which we recently did, they build this town out in New Mexico. And it's like, yeah, they're literally cowboys. They are science cowboys just making stuff up on the fly and you know, in a in a in a unknown frontier. So just like the
1: Ghostbusters. Exa- <laughs> just like them. And then they <laughs> have to take a Gotta get this atom bomb ready before Slimer gets here. <laughs> <laughs> it's high <noon. laughs> The Nazis have a marshmallow, man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
2: a
1: race against time. Mother Frank's bucket. like, but where's Chopper? <laughs>
0: I honestly anyway, I was just sitting here Trying to think of his name yeah. so I, I'm like, sorry Did they just feel that and I was like <laughs> It's not Slimer You just said Slimer It's the other guy The one with the big <laughs> guy who right, like doesn't jump you. on bombs Yes you know, I,
2: uh, <laughs> I wanted to give this film an 8 And I've dropped down to a 7.4 <laughs> Purely because of the 0.6 overuse Interesting Overuse Of the F of word Everybody's Talking By Harry Nilsson I don't know if that song's <laughs> <Everybody> <laughs>
3: Absolute is, this, is this song
0: in the movie? Yeah I Once
3: when, At when? the start Okay just
1: once. If you guys say so I don't yeah. remember
0: Once maybe <laughs> A thousand <laughs> times I'm I don't think sure. it
1: ever stopped It was <laughs> Hilarious How many times You're like That's gotta be the last one <laughs> Doesn't it And then they just Keep playing it Every yeah. Fucking time
0: yeah. score It's funny high, because it. like that, that just doesn't happen In film these days Like you just no. the, You can never play a song More than once Yes and
3: Like
1: I agree. It is a good song. It's a great song. It did remind <laughs> again, me of- But again,
3: is it in his head? Is it part of this flashback thing? Yeah. He's also constantly carrying a radio, which leads to the heartbreaking scene where he sells oh. it. Yeah. Oh, just is, to have two bucks to the rub together. The one thing he had, yeah. When they're yeah.
1: dancing to the orange juice jingle, like, and Dustin <laughs> <laughs> Trying Hoffman. Trying to warm? Dustin Hoffman's awkward, awkward dancing. Well, he's got pebbles in his shoes. Even in the fantasy weather at the beach in Florida- and Dustin the Huffman, running. The running. he runs like a man who has never had legs before. Like yes. he's so, And yeah. he's like, that's what running looks like, right? And it's like, sure, buddy. It looks it's like, like <laughs> a
2: very short man running. Like He's got low centre of gravity and his legs are going <laughs> so <laughs> quick, <laughs> like a millipede. He's, John, watched, he's watched Million Dollar Man he goes, that's it. John goes <laughs>
1: watching and he's like, I think my next movie is going to be called Marathon Man and that's yeah. who I need for it.
2: Like Boyd's <laughs> been told, obviously, to pull back. He's like, dude, your one stride is like ten of his steps. <laughs> well, <so> just <laughs> slow down. It's the Forrest Gump syndrome. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. everyone needs to slow down so Tom Hanks looks fast <laughs> true yeah um, really funny do you know when I laughed out loud The probably the best mm-hmm. throughout this film is when he when he wants uh, Joe to have a nap he tells him to have a nap and he does he falls straight asleep mm. and then he pulls down this shitty fucking blind that's just tattered <laughs> yeah like that's gonna help block the light <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it got me good it's it's a it's a real bummer um seeing where he lives and uh area that they occupy Oh yeah, yeah this is this is the ba- this is the actual entrance when I mean, he takes him out Oh yeah it's got broken. the ex but not, I don't mean that so much you know like that's really uh cuz they were like derelict apartments right like that's where yeah, the ex squatters essentially so condemned, yeah, yeah, squatter. condemned yeah yes pretty sad it's very sad uh it's a very effective movie i was yeah quite taken by it um there was something else i was going to say oh i'm sorry frank was there something you had
0: no nothing <laughs> We're just moving through scenes. <laughs> I don't
1: words saying. I've brought Have it up. Have you guys
0: heard this song before?
2: Oh, I, d- I just don't, don't want to anymore. Please stop.
1: I'd seen Can it. Did you guys ever watch Futurama?
2: Oh, God. Yeah, go on. Yeah,
1: Futurama parodied this, and that's how I knew it. And it's like there's an episode where. Uh, uh, yep, yep, the, yep. You know the captain, whose name I can't remember right now, and then he's got Kip, his. Zap assist. Brannigan? Zap C- Brannigan. Fucking good pull, Chris. Zap, mm. Zap Brannigan and Kip. Jesus. Well, Kip. I mean, he's. Language.
3: He's. Captain Kirk oh, yeah, like Captain Kerr Captain Zap <laughs> Brannigan.
1: Captain's luck oh, Yes And then boom. they get fired As the head of Whatever sort of enterprise They're part of And Zap <laughs> is wearing a, a cowboy hat And he's What's up? Enterprise? Is some sort of ship <laughs> A spaceship enterprise <laughs> Did you know it? No I just uh, I, that, that was accidental? Ex- that was an accidental Man that was good <laughs> and they're walking down the street to this song him and uh, Kip and he's like Zap's dressed as a a cowboy and Kip's just like I hate my life and (laughs) an old woman rolls down the window and Zap's like uh, points at himself and she's like, no, and points at the, uh, the green alien kiff She's like, him, and he's like, all right. And he's like, oh, no. Like, so I knew already, well, this this song plays in this movie, like is a big part of it and that it's about. Every 40 seconds. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah.
3: And, of course, it's in Forrest Gump. They, yes. They wonderfully work it in there. What scene is it in? I know it's in there. What scene's it in? Um, Forrest visits Lieutenant Dan in New York and it's the scene where he's wheeling him across the street and a sure. taxi almost runs them over. Yeah.
1: Hey, was, good call. Ah, yeah. cool. uh, wow. Very good call. That's wow. actually a fantastic little bit of movie Midnight trivia. Forest. Is there is right? some degree <laughs> to which that's disputed. There's some degree to which that's disputed how much that was improved with Dustin Hope. He claims it was fully improved. There are people on the production who are like, that was in the script since day one. There was always going to be a scene where they almost get hit by a taxi. However, most people confirm hey, I'm walking that, here. Most people confirm that on the day they were trying to get a scene where they walked down the street and they they went over uh, a crossing oh. and that there wasn't a car and that taxi did run the light. So it's kind of this thing of like they were prepared to do a scene like that, it's just Dustin Hoffman kicked in and was like, oh, I guess we're going to do this scene now. And he, was, he said in interviews he was about to yell, we're filming a movie here. And he stopped himself and said, we're walking here instead. And it's...
3: We're I, I, walking here. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you
1: know.
2: Oh, Frank lied about feel- for a second. <laughs> Sorry, go back to sleep, buddy Hey,
0: 7.5. Hey, everybody's talking. To me. You can um, tell
2: it's an improvised line when he
0: uh, walks past that horse and goes, yeah, yeah, and then... Oh, <coughs> <give> it- <laughs> You remember that? That's yeah, to that's, that's he walks behind him and he's like, "What is it? Not? It doesn't say. Excuse me." But he like walks behind the butt of this horse and he's like, "Hey, yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah." <laughs> I do I remember that. that. Um, it's. I think the improv line of the taxi is is kind of noticeable. It's like, "Hey, I'm walking here." Slaps the car and then he's like, his character voice changes. It does for, for a no, line or two. It sounds what? like Hoffman. Yeah, he's like, "Oh well, fucking you know this movie's so shitty eh? anyway." I'm in that cowboy. You boy. can hear the switch. Knowing that it's improvised, you can hear... A tiny bit. A tiny bit. It's if they like, hadn't told us it was improvised or if he hadn't told us, wouldn't have I noticed. think we would have been like, yeah, I get it, I yeah. accept it. It's
1: yeah. to me... It's the, the most sober he's been. The t- yeah, the <laughs> tied most impressive thing he does with a taxi. I don't know if you guys remember when he pickpockets the guy who has the gentleman's collar sort mm-hmm. of yeah. 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 And he puts him in the taxi and goes, hey, hey you got a quarter? You got a quarter? And mm. the guy like closes the window and the shot cuts back to like a, a wide shot and as the taxi's driving away Dustin Hoffman lights a match off oh, the taxi it's incredible. lights his cigarette and turns around and yeah. I was like fuck yeah <laughs> <That's a laughs> he's such a little klutz he's such a little weirdo and a little skeeve and every now and then he does something where you're like dude <laughs> that was so well done we, almost- we don't get to
2: see this character at his peak Right, we get to see him as he's already on the decline.
1: You he's imagine a- he used to be like the artful dodger. Oh Oliver. fuck yeah. He used to be <laughs> like this really King sharp his kid who was good, and now he's just become like has no idea. Frank loved. Cory wasn't <laughs> Oh my god!
0: Oh liver! Oh liver! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Horrible! Horrible! Yeah. Amazing. Um, um, we haven't talked about the final. Scene in the film either Yeah not my favourite The credits No yeah, sorry Loved the, them the I think it What's the name? The bus, the bus. Oh, Yeah the oh, credits run. God
3: <laughs> to No those it was it was dancing <laughs> each time Help.
2: Frank's bored That's
0: what's happening oh, right no, now No this, He's this got is a, I mean, I'm <laughs> echoing the film
1: <laughs> <laughs> What? Tell me I'm wrong Them People stop and Getting staring. on the bus yeah, good And uh, Dustin So it's It's tragic to you know borrow something that Frank said earlier, on paper it's tragic in play it's probably the only truly melodramatic moment in the movie, especially when he's like do you want to close his eyes and reaches over and does that I'm like it's sad and it's fucked that they're like well we got another two hours left <laughs> so keep on just, this dead dead guy. like Jesus I, but it didn't really it, the no, tragedy no. of the movie has already been sold to me and then I'm just sure. like that's a little bit of a like uh, whatever of a denim I would just have like,
2: preferred that they get booted off the bus
0: He'd be sure. like, well, I can't have you on here. Get him off. And he has to, like, lay on the side of the road or yeah. do some sort of faux burial. I would prefer
2: that than the, oh, we're just going to close his eyes. And he's all good, folks. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They would not know. my favourite
0: bit. I'm, I
2: yeah. think we have to talk about it.
3: Yeah, it, there's, a, there's a shift in dynamic. Like I said before, there's a lot of mirror stuff with Joe. He's always looking into mirror and shiny objects. And so we also get his memories. We get his fantasies. We also get Ratzo's. Fantasies of being in Florida running down the beach. his house. Um, (laughs) And so with that final shot of the film, everything else has been in first person. We've been with them, we've been in them, we've been seeing everything they've seen. That final shot, we're then in third person because we are looking through glass to see them. We are now separate from them and whatever the future may be for Joe, we don't know. That it's a it's a separation that that scene for me. Sure.
1: Through the looking glass of like what he was expecting the fantasy mm. of the world to be and now he's come through and been yeah. like, Oh well, turns out this sucks. You so got
3: the you got the palm trees reflecting on the glass. Yeah. This this wasn't even my idea. Yeah. Um but we're here now and, and here we've gotta make 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 it work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's a good point. I think it's it's a very sharply directed film. Um and yeah, there were a few other things that had come out that year that were, you know, it's it's a pretty revolutionary time. And I don't know, do we, wait, did we do this already? I can't remember. Every time we do it, I forget what the setup is. The Butler in a pantry with a mic. <laughs> the Butler's pantry. <clears throat> the 60s were an interesting time for cinema
0: okay like time, <laughs>
1: if we're gonna open the pantry you last need to have th- something the, last three the times whole point of this the whole point like of this I like is you when have you do extra it speedy. Tippets. it's
2: nice when you do it speedy a go. speedy
1: one yep <laughs> <laughs> that was very Ace Ventura go Thank do it you. no 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 I don't have a lot prepared but like Body and Clyde we talked about Body and Clyde already right so like it's just don't actually very... rush through it okay it's I won't pointless. rush to it it's really <laughs> I have to slow down your audio All in right. post. Yes, that's a fair point. No, no, no. I already got into the Bonnie and Clyde nature and how influential that was and then how influential this movie ended up being specifically on things like Taxi Driver, which you guys may know like came out in 76 and definitely engaged with the idea of the city underbelly. I guess the difference is uh, something that Chris said uh, about some movies that we've covered in the last few weeks or maybe earlier is that Joker, we Kind of go on that
3: spiral with him. I don't know if I always agreed about that, but like.
1: <laughs> American Psycho, American I said
3: I didn't enjoy because I didn't you go, didn't on, go, the go trip on the spiral. With him. Yeah. Yes.
1: And the Joker, like you kind of do, right? And whereas like this movie, you definitely do go in with that initiation that Joe Buck goes through mm. and what John Voight's experiencing. And whereas Taxi Driver, if you guys remember, Robert De Niro, is kind of, basically by the time we meet him, he's like, fuck this city. Like, ugh, this place is is hell, right? So it becomes more pessimistic and more, and more broken down. But all to say this movie grossed a lot of money for an X-rated film. It was insane. It was like the third or fourth highest grossing film in the US the year that it came out. Um, it was behind quite heavily behind Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which was like a Robert Redford and Paul Newman movie. Mm. Maybe like at the same time as being a violent film was a bit of a like a, a moment for those guys to still engage with a Western, you know, in a way that felt sort of traditionalist but also uh, sort of upending that style. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, John Wayne wins – In the same year that this movie is sort of like skewering the idea of what a cowboy is and if anyone gives a fuck about a cowboy anymore and whether it's a viable option, John Wayne in a a role that was one of his last wins the Oscar playing a cowboy. He's playing like Rooster Cogburn in True Grit so he's got like an eye patch and he's like an old drunken cowboy but he still wins the Oscar for like a legacy thing. Uh, But Dustin Hoffman and John Voight are nominated. Who do you guys give it to?
0: Oh, it's Wait, tough. we were mean, we meant to be listening to that, that whole thing. <laughs> There's a question
2: Sorry. in the middle of the yeah, pantry. You're gonna have to
1: listen to it more when you edit it, Frank. That's <laughs> yeah, why we I we always never do that. Like had void. a question in the pantry when all, I cut so it out. Sorry, I've got something else in the pantry here. For
3: you, me, you give it to Dustin. John Hoffman. Voigt, John Voigt
1: for me. Oh, I, I
2: think John Voigt
1: too. I go Hoffman. It's fun that we're on opposite sides of the desk for this. But but yeah. I, I love Hoffman, he's one of my top
2: three, right? Yeah. I still think yeah. Voigt takes it.
1: It's a surprise from Voight and mm. I think it's one that's always been there that people sort of recall. I don't have a question. That's, that's John the Voigt. impression I have.
0: John yeah. Voight has always been able to act. I don't think that's a, a problem. I don't think Joe Buck is a particularly groundbreaking or challenging role, really. I think the simple- At least doesn't have made a choice.
1: Does it, John Voight being this way, because John Voight's a New Yorker. He's from Yonkers, right? So he does really convince you he's this Texan sort of simple, mm. you know, fucking Attempted a rancher or something, but yeah, Dustin Hoffman's greasiness and desperation sticks with me. <laughs>
3: this is, you know, this is uh, when Jeff rolls a six, this is the dark universe version of Forrest Gump,
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, good reference, right?
2: This is this is yeah. circumstantial for me because if I had have known more about Voight's career and seen a lot more John Voigt to compare, um, or I this was a first time seeing Hoffman do something of this caliber. I would swip, I'd flip the switch, sorry.
3: Yeah. I would say Hoffman for sure. It would be easy for an actor to fall into cliches with Joe Buck, simple cowboy, but there are those moments where you can see the cogs ticking over in his brain, like where the lady asks him for the 20 bucks or the 10 bucks or $20 bucks after, you know, oh, I was going to ask you for the same thing. Yeah. There are the cogs Ticking in his mind, like, oh, I've still got to do the right thing. Well, oh, hey now, darling, don't you be... Yeah. He, he it's not a bad performance by any means. It's, it's
0: much more
1: textured than I guess you uh, uh, originally assume. He's got a great line in that scene where he says to her, well, I'm a hustler. And she says, while she's putting on her lipstick, well, you're to make money any way you can. And it cuts back to him and he kind of turns, he's like, did you hear what I just said? Like, and he never really quite says anything in that same tone again where he's like, are you fucking with me right now? Like, he really is trying to get that money and he <laughs> drops all pretense of the southern charm. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, mm. it's a really wonderful <laughs> moment. I love that. Um, and I think he's he's great in it. But, yes, I would go Dustin Hoffman. Do you have a preference for a, a Dustin? Just I'm curious because like, we don't ever talk about Older actors, you know, from the sixties mm-hmm. or seventies, we never really do this sort of thing. So, what what Dustin Hoffman performance stands out to you? Do you have a favorite? Oh, Meet the Fuckers. <laughs> so quick that was so Fucking quick. Hell. It was
2: for reaction only for our audience. <laughs> Purely <laughs> so, for not, reaction. not Honestly, Mr. Megorian's <laughs> one. <wondering. laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Fuck. no, it would be for. Oh, it's so embarrassing, Never, I forgot the f- title of the film. It's the courtroom drama, um, Kramer versus Kramer.
1: Never seen it. He won the Oscar yeah. for it with Meryl yeah. Streep. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I Incredible. Mean, it's, it's been on my list a long time. Want, 1980, it. I think. Yeah. yeah, cool. I'd say that. Yeah. Do you guys have a Dustin Hoffman? Well, controversial. I think it's Rain Man. No,
3: no not controversial. I don't think that's controversial.
1: I think it's a great
2: performance. It's, it's, it's a, weird to, like, you... for a time when it wasn't questioned so much about doing a performance yeah. like that. Yes.
1: We talk about how Hoffman and Hanks did what they did with those performances, mm. and they're pretty unrepeatable in the current climate, and probably for good reason. But yeah, there's something very touching and and kind of wonderful about that. Mm. Same with DiCaprio in um, Titanic. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, Midnight <laughs> Cowboy. Is anybody going to throw we in? We just asked Chris if he has a Hoffman performance.
0: really. Sorry, likes. I'm just. I'm just so aware. We need to ask Chris what he wants. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, I'm probably not familiar enough with his other stuff. Haven't seen The Graduate. Haven't seen Chrome versus Kramer. So
2: Graduate, take
0: take or leave it. To be honest,
2: yeah, I'd agree with that. I, not one of my favourite films.
0: Interesting. Mrs. Robinson, great song, but <sighs> what else is a great song?
2: <laughs>
3: he was in a. <laughs>
1: See, if you want to make about great songs, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Dustin Hoffman was in a television show about 10 years ago, uh, David Milch television show all about horse racing called Luck um, with Dennis Farina and a lot of other great characters and he's wonderful in it and it's a really good television performance that I love. I hold on to that a lot. But, yeah, Dustin Hoffman, great. We get to talk about him finally. John Voight also, I guess. Like sure. the guy so, from Holes and Anaconda. Glad that we got, we got yeah, around. And and trans- obviously, we're doing Anaconda and next trans- week. <laughs> and, Transformers. and Transformers. Seminal roll. Seminal
3: roll. Seven. Holes.
0: <laughs> so no one's throwing it in. Nah, no, I'm going to stay where I am. I go up to a 9.5. Whoa.
1: Oh. Stick on my 9. Point.
3: <laughs> stick on
1: my nine point, 9.2. I'm sticking with. I've been very obstinate lately. But yeah, I'm going to stick with it. I still don't have an answer for the flashbacks and stuff. We didn't really talk about it, but
2: you know, <laughs> I'll let yeah, yeah, it there. That's yeah. why I'm not scoring yeah. high. That's it. Yeah.
0: that's me. I don't like the film, but that's fine. Wait, I've got an answer about it. Midnight Cowboy, we're throwing the power. Tom. Marcus. Uh, Chris. John Voice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Angelina Jolie's dad
0: how about yeah. that how about that tell me more about it
3: through in the past